to Season 2, Episode 21 of the IntelliCast Podcast. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Brian Lamar. How you doing, Adam? Doing great today. feel like yeah. I'm nailing the intro so far. Awesome. That was one of the best intros we've had. That's right. IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can find us on Twitter at EMI underscore research. You can also find IntelliCast, IntelliCast1 on Twitter. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. And if you'd ever like to be a guest on the podcast or come on with any market research news, rants, Mount Rushmore, you can email us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Brian. What's been going on, man? How's your summer? Um, well, it's been a torrential downpour here mm-hmm. in the Midwest for, I don't know, seemingly weeks. Every night, my TV viewing habits are interrupted by weather reports and tornado mm-hmm. warnings and lightning yeah. and the torrential downpour. That's what I've been doing the last few days. What it's, about you? It's arc season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, all the animals are coupling up. <laughs> yeah. Here they come. It's really weird weather. It is re- weird weather. I mean, this is like what we're used to, like beginning of April, maybe yeah. end of March. And now we're getting in June when like your days are like 70, 75 degrees and yeah. it rains just a little, it rains every day and sometimes like really, really hard at night. Yeah. I have explained what thunder is to my seven-year-old probably 10 times this week, <laughs> yeah. including at two o'clock this morning. <laughs> when there was no thunder, we were just curious. Huh. It's, uh, yeah, the weather, man. And then 10 more days of rain or something like that. Like the oh, seven days still has like... It's just constant more. weather alerts. Yeah. Just just tape the, the weather broadcast and replay it every day. Yeah. It's the same. The weather outside is weather. Uh, what's going on current events? Anything in the world we needed to talk about? Um, well, we haven't really talked about NBA. Um, where I don't think we've, we mentioned Toronto. We did mention Toronto won the NBA title. Yeah, um, we did. Anthony Davis won the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So there's always good sports stuff. College World Series is going on. Women's World Cup is going on. Love the Women's World Cup. Yeah. I love the women putting 13 on Thailand and getting some backlash for it. Yes. The <laughs> the the battle between my two favorite types of food, American and Thai. <laughs> and I had myself a little cheeseburger pad thai. <laughs> Spicy cheeseburger basil. To celebrate the 13-0 win. It was so great. Yeah. Plus 16 gold differentials. Pretty nice, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they play Tuesday. Or Thursday. They play this Thursday, Thursday at yeah. 3. What a better man! Think about it. Like, say it's like two thirty. Yeah, two o'clock. Worst, least yeah. productive time of the day, right? Yes. <laughs> you're in this lull. You're just like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna pop on some IntelliCast. Just yeah. get a good laugh in, learn a little bit about what's going on in the research world, and then yeah. be patriotic. Yes, for ninety minutes. That's the best. It's the daytime sports in the middle of the summer when you're not really expecting it. Sure. It always just like a daytime baseball game. Sometimes. Is this what they happens. feel out on the west. It must be all the, the West Coast, West, like right? four o'clock baseball starts, right? right. They yeah. just shut it down. But I love this kind of weird stuff in the summer. Um, I would, I think it was Bill Simmons that had the idea of of changing both the Olympics and the World Cup every three years. Yeah, where you basically yeah. have World Cup followed by an Olympics every year that one of those two things events occur. That would be amazing. That'd be super. I, it went, I don't think it would detract from it. It'd be awesome. Market research news this week. Uh, really just one story, and we're covering it because it's near and dear to our hearts, and that is Jamin Brazil, fellow podcaster, friend of the pod, yeah, has launched his Hub UX project management platform. Yeah. Uh, just knowing a little bit of what I know about it and knowing a little bit about Jamin, this seems like an awesome thing. I mean, Jamin, you know, if you're not familiar with his story, starting up um, Decipher, you know, building this software that every company uses, I think, for market research or finding out some kind of insights. Yeah. Uh, and now I think with so much more influence going on to this user experience and customer experience type of world, 
um, it's a huge opportunity for him. I'm really happy for him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really happy for him. I think this is a good move. It's an interesting move. It's more qualitative in nature, yeah. kind of automating some qualitative research. He kind of mentioned in the press release that he's going to be connecting lots of different qualitative options. And he mentioned rematch out by name, which is right. pretty interesting, I thought. So there's, you know, details are still a little scarce, um, but this sounds like he's going to be a new player and who would, who would expect anything less from him? He's a smart guy. He's been very successful in the past. And, you know, it's great to see him get back in the game with a big product. And I excited to see what happens. Yeah. I'm really excited too. Um, anything else you've been you've been thinking about in market research news, like anything that you've heard about or anything going on in the industry that's been kind of wild? Um, Nothing really, right? I mean, it's kind of conference season's over. I didn't hear anything about next last week. Yeah, it was like I'm a, really sad I didn't get to go to next. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to go next, next year. year. Yeah, no play on words there or anything. Um, <laughs> it's a little, yeah, a little lull in the conference season. Yeah. I think that you'll have some more regional conferences coming soon with your insights association yeah. stuff. There's an SMR conference and. A lot of little stuff before we get to the bigger um, CRC and um, TMRE at the end of the year, but yeah, not much, a whole lot, of, not a whole lot of news. I'm still waiting on a Cantar press yeah, release sure. to see who buys them. That's the thing I think I'm and people are following the news are waiting on. Um, other than that, there's not really much going on. And then as far as us, uh, kind of on that conference, like knowledge type share, uh, we've got a webinar coming up this week, right? Yeah, the webinar probably will be, if you're listening to this, it may have already um, happened, but it's around uh, data quality is beyond bots. So um, we're kind of acknowledging bots and we have we have a fraud and bot detecting system that prevents it. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but we'll talk more about on data quality and best practices and what you know, our point of view and how we try to improve quality of surveys. And um, you, if you, if it's passed when it, uh, it's Wednesday at 11 a.m., if it's passed, then you can still get a copy of it on the website. So you just sign up, get a form. And um, it's Amy Carley, who I'm really excited to pre present with. Amy and I will be presenting on data quality. Yeah, I'm really excited about this too. So that's Wednesday, June 19th at 11 a.m. And again, if uh, if you're listening to this after that time, you, uh, we'll post the link in the episode description to go to EMI rs.com you'll be able to download it then but uh, i'm excited about it because it, it's you and your impact on quality and what you know about market research and just the insights of the market research industry yeah. and then amy from almost like an operational technical side yeah. about how to apply that technology to yeah. your market i feel like a lot of times that gets separate right like I'll, yeah. I'll be in a webinar and it'll be like they're talking about some kind of fraud section they have or you know some kind of how to stop bots or how to put, or it goes the other way, like how to put red herrings in place, yeah. how to ask like trap questions stuff. And very rarely is there like a mix between the two yeah. worlds. Right. And I, I love Amy presenting and we were, we did a little practice run and um, we were, she was introducing herself. I'm like, Amy, you got to really sell yourself. Like yeah. you basically built our dashboard. Right. One of the, and she's a pro, she's been a project manager and yeah. now running all of our operations. But when she was a project manager, she worked with our development team overseas and built a dashboard to, to, for managing projects and to stop deduplication. Like that's not many people can say that. So um, I'm proud of her to get on the on the talk about this and she's not gonna sell herself as much as, as she should. She's gonna be very humble about it. I'll try to jump in and, and um, shout how great she is at building that because it's not easy to do. And she's managed it and built it for years. I mean, we've had this platform for a long time. That's great. Um, we have an interview today. Yeah. Yeah. Our interview with Lindsay Zaltman of Olson Zaltman. Uh, you've known Lindsay for years, right? You guys met at Georgia. Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. I'm super excited to have him on the podcast because um, it's one of those people I met him, you know, 20 years ago. You could tell he was going to be a big deal. He's just smart and kind of a normal guy. Yeah. Super smart, funny, relatable. And now he's president of Olson Zaltman and just 
again, I couldn't speak higher for somebody. Um, you know, they're located in Pittsburgh and they just moved in some new space. We'll probably have some good stories to tell. Um, really cool around ZMET, which is kind of a, a qualitative technique that he'll talk about. Yeah, it's awesome. And a great Mount Rushmore too. Stay tuned to the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it is uh, the, the foods you would have before execution. And so quite, I mean, very like rainbow glitzy talk about execution on this podcast. So that's come for the market research news. Shame, stay for the execution dining. Exactly. But, but I mean, you would think that you're not worried about calories. Ooh, you know what? Yeah, I did think about like how messy would it be? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You don't want to be a call. Do you want to talk to the governor with barbecue sauce in your face? Right. There's only like eight people watching you. You want the right. last thing they see of you is having Look at this macaroni slob. and cheese all over your it. pants. Right. No. I want them to be thinking at the same time, like no one could eat this daintily and do the crimes that he did. Right. Right. And they had that guilt eat at him forever. Right. Anyway, let's jump into our interview with Lindsay Zaltman. Joining us now is Lindsay Zaltman from Olson Zaltman. Lindsay, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Now, you've known Brian for a long time, right? I have. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we've known each other for. <laughs> Almost tw almost twenty years now, I guess. Wow, so. it's kind of crazy. How did you guys meet, Brian? Yeah, totally. Uh, first day of grad school in Georgia, June of nineteen ninety nine. Really? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, Lindsay, one of the biggest things that we do whenever we have a guest on is kind of ask them their origin story. Like, how did they get their start in market research? So, how did you get your start in market research? Sure. So mine actually started when I was pretty young, I'd say. So um, my, my first uh, career that I wanted to do, uh, and this was pre-Indiana Jones, was to uh, become an archaeologist. Um, and I ended up getting my undergrad degree in anthropology, so uh, similar, uh, similar vein to that. Uh, but the, the real reason I ended up going into marketing um, and why I chose specifically anthropology with that in mind uh, was growing up with my father, who was a professor, a marketing professor, and one of the founders of our company here. And, uh, you know, I'd always seen what he was working on and doing, and even at a young age, I always found it to be interesting. So, um, yeah, he, he kind of uh, guided me along the way with uh, some good advice to kind of not, not just do an undergrad in business if you're going to get your master's or MBA in business as well. Try to diversify and uh, maybe think about some sort of, you know, social science or mind science if you indeed do want to get into marketing. And uh, yeah, so I kind of uh, knew from my, uh, you know, pre-college, uh, you know, high school probably that I was going to be going into some sort of area in marketing, not necessarily sitting where I am today, though. Yeah. So what led you to kind of continue into the family business? Because, I mean, we all think of that when we we're kids, you know, we see it every day, what our parents do, what our mom or dad does. What led you to keep doing that? Yeah, it was kind of cool. So we have so so it's uh it's not officially a family business because we have Jerry Olson as another founding partner in the company. Um, when I came in here, I came in as a project manager, um, you know, 18 years ago, We've been around for 22 years. So um, I came in a while ago and now kind of, you know, 18 years later, I'm one of the partners as well and you know, CEO of the company. Um, but uh, the, you know, got interested in it um, basically uh, 
start to get a little more savvy about what folks were doing in the research industry and uh, started to see um, what my dad was doing and understand it a little more interestingly, kind of really, you know, our firm's always kind of specialized at getting into the unconscious, deeper thoughts and feelings consumers have about brands or categories or whatever the issue is our clients wrestling with. Um, and I start to see some of the things he was doing were pretty innovative and breakthrough. And, uh, you know, ca- called him one day and said, hey, dad, any uh, possibility of me hopping over there? And, uh, you know, I was cross town uh, at Arnold Worldwide in an agency and just said, hey, any chance of me popping over there and uh, maybe uh, switching over to Olson's Altman? And uh, obviously the answer was yes there. And uh, it's been uh, that way ever since. So, um, yeah, I've been really happy and we do really I, I think I'm biased, but uh, we do really cool research here and uh, yeah. we've maintained our kind of, uh, you know, our kind of visionary research, I think. So I, I don't regret that that decision at all. So ah, that's really cool. And I know you mentioned that you and Brian met at University of Georgia, that master's program. Uh, and recently you were named to the advisory board at the University of Georgia master's of marketing research program. Uh, what led you to get involved? And I guess like uh, talk to us a little bit about the program. Yeah, so the program, and Brian can uh, speak to this as well, but the program is, it's the first of its kind. It was, I believe, back in uh, the early 80s was the first uh, first uh, time the degree was offered. And at the time, it was the, the only uh, marketing research, master's in marketing research degree uh, offered. Um, there's more and more now, which I think is... Uh, you know, uh, shows the strength of the, the the degree at large. But Georgia is still uh, known as, you know, I think known as the best one out there, one of the elite ones out there at the very least. Um, and it was a program I was really grateful for being a part of, um, meeting folks like Brian and other folks even beyond our actual year, just super impressive folks in the industry, super tightly networked. Um, they're in senior places on the client side, supplier side, uh, just a great, great network of people. Um, and, you know, I've kind of come to the, uh, I guess, age or uh, point in my career now where I have, I guess, a little wisdom to impart on folks. So I think part of that is giving that back to the program. Uh, there's a lot of uh, smart folks uh, on the advisory board. So I also take from them and uh, able to learn from them as well. But the biggest part is just giving back to the students now, I think, and, uh, you know, uh, letting them see what I've learned uh, in the industry as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big part of why I am where I am. And so anything I can do now to kind of continue that and help folks out and help the program out uh, as well, uh, you know, really enjoy doing. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree with Lindsay. I, I love getting back involved in Georgia I have been the last couple of years. I mean, maybe it's the 15 to 20 year mark when you yeah. think you maybe have some wisdom to share. Right. Um, because I don't know if I did 10 years ago. I don't know how you, how you feel about that, Lindsay, but I don't know. It took me about 20 years of my career to really feel like I could give back to the students. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I go down every year and present about ZMAT or one of our kind of uh, core tools we use. And, uh, you know, I go back, I've done that every year, almost every year since I graduated, but uh, at least for the past, you know, 12 or so years. Um, and it's very specific about that tool that I know exceptionally well because, you know, we, it's our tool. Um, but yeah, I'd agree the, the kind of broader kind of career wisdom and industry wisdom that you have, I'd say the last 10 years, um, yeah, 10 years, it's really kind of sped up and, 
maybe the next 10 years will be even more. I'll, I don't know. Maybe I can even be even wiser than I am now. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, you mentioned ZMED. I'd love to hear, can you give us like one to two minutes on what ZMED is and a little background of it? Yeah, sure. So ZMET is, uh, it's called the Zaltman Metaphor Elicitation Technique. So we go by the acronym because the, the full name's a mouthful. Uh, the Zaltman in that is my dad, who I mentioned before. He's a professor at the uh, uh, Harvard Business School. And he had this little lab on the campus there back in the late 90s uh, called the Mind of the Market Lab. And it was a multidisciplinary lab. It drew from a lot of different um, departments around the, the school. It was based on the business uh, campus where he was, but it drew from psychology, neuroscience, uh, anthropology, etc. A bunch of these different areas and he had experts come in and he basically built this tool that's designed to get into those kind of unconscious mental models that we have about um, you know experiences in our life, including brands. Um, and at the time, it was uh, actually, I think still to this day, it's the only qualitative research technique to ever get a U.S. patent. So um, we're, we're proud of that um, because there was something patentable about it. There was a lot of scientific foundation and rigor that went into it. But it's a really neat tool that uses metaphor elicitation, which is how all humans think about uh, the world and experience and communicate uh, about the world around them Um and ZMET's just a really good way about getting these metaphors out on the table, and then we explore them with consumers to kind of find out the deeper uh, meanings that those metaphors have to them. So I won't go into the full theory, but, you know, uh, if someone says, I feel shackled by my financial situation, or I flew across town, I'm dragging today, and my roommate's sponging off me, all of these, what we call these surface metaphors that we use five to six per minute in, you know, most languages around the world, um, five to six per minute of these things we use because they're like the shortest way to tell a story about something. But if you actually explore the deeper ideas behind those, you can find some really powerful emotions and some shared themes among what seeming uh, seems like different consumers. But if they all share a brand experience together, uh, you can find a common metaphor that they all use to, uh, uh, to think about that brand and help for innovation or communications or whatever client's task is. That's really cool. By the way, Lindsay, that is cool. Um, thank you. But by the way, you're talking to Adam, and he is the king of the metaphor here in the office. Oh I don't know if you have a couple of metaphors that you want to mention. <laughs> yeah. We call them uh, metaphor machines. We do it when oh, we're yeah. practicing for our interview, uh, our interviews. Uh, you know, there's some people out there that aren't everyone's metaphoric, but there's some people out there who you have to kind of ask some trick questions to get them to think metaphorically. And then there's other folks that we have where you're just like, whoa, slow, slow down, you know, I don't, uh, you're giving me too many to work with here. But uh, yeah, so we've got ways to work with, with people oh, cool. that are difficult like Adam. Uh, <laughs> I always, I don't know why. Actually, I had somebody say something to me like a couple of weeks ago where I was, you know, I give a metaphor hoping that somebody, it's like a different way to understand something. And I gave somebody a metaphor and they're like, no, I know exactly what you mean. You that's the, yeah. that's <laughs> like, the beauty oh, of them. Yeah. When you get one right, that's, uh, yeah, you can express in a snap <laughs> of a finger a very kind of long, perhaps a, a long story actually can be said in a very quick way. Oh, that's funny. Now we're going to move on. Brian, do you have a research rant of the week? I do have a research rant, and this rant is brought to you by Pure Spectrum Automated Solutions. Okay. <laughs> I sold, sure. sold my rants. Um, this is about voicemail. I don't know about you guys. This might be a debate. I hate voicemail so much, and I feel like – I don't know why people leave voicemail. We have coworkers that are notorious for leaving two- to three-minute-long voicemails. I do love how, like, the iPhone can kind of transcribe it. 
sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect, but it ruins my day when I see that light flashing on my phone. I don't know. Do you agree with this, Adam or Lindsay? Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I think <laughs> the uh, the iPhone's transcription that you mentioned is a perfect way to uh, just delete them before you listen to them. So. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's a uh, it's a dying. I, I don't know if leaving a voicemail is an art, but it's a dying art if it is one. That's uh, that some people won't let die. It's the worst, and I tell my salespeople like voicemail has become some type of like voice validation for the email or LinkedIn or some yes. like more acceptable way of communicating with a prospect or a client. Yeah. yeah. Like, so they know you're not like some robot. Right. Yeah. Hey, I left a voicemail that I sent you an email and then I'm going to follow up in person. Oh, it's just the worst. Yeah. 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 I yeah. personally, I leave very good voicemails, but every, <laughs> everyone else out there leaves lousy ones. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, voicemails, the new captcha. <laughs> right. Lindsay, do you have a rant you want to give? Uh, let's see. I'll go, uh, an industry industry rant, I guess, from someone who's coming from uh, my area of the the industry. My rant will be on uh, agile research. So uh, yes, okay. which has been driving me nuts now. Which I totally get its place. We do agile research here, um, and really good agile research out of necessity. Yet uh, it is not my favorite thing to do, and unfortunately, it is used because of budget reasons, not because of the insights that are needed for that given project. Uh, so that drives me nuts when the default uh, in the industry now is to do agile research, regardless of what the, the research issue is calling for. That's good. I like it because it's become a buzzword. Mm-hmm. And I hate, we, we talk about buzzwords on the podcast a lot, but that's kind of one of the more recent buzzwords. And companies have developed an entire value proposition around agile research, which I don't get. I agree with Lindsay's rant. Shortcut research. Yeah. Shortcut research. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I think it'll be a pendulum switch. I mean, I think people will eventually realize in a few years they've gone way too far there and they actually don't understand their consumers at all. And they'll kind of swing back. Won't ever go back to the, I mean, in the old days we used to have, you know, a million dollars in 12 weeks to do a study and uh, you know, those realities aren't there as much anymore. So, um, you know, I, you're never going to go back to where you were, nor do I think we should. I don't think that was inefficient in its own way back at, you know, the luxuries we used to have. Um, but uh, yeah, to have, to be doing a major brand relaunch uh, in 10 different markets and mm-hmm. give a, give a research supplier uh, 10 days to solve that. And $30,000 is, is not helping your own cause <laughs> there. So. I agree. Lindsay, we're going to move now into our four P's. This is our four words that start with the letter P that can, we can help learn a little bit more personal about you. And the first one is playlist. So what were the last three songs or artists that you've listened to? Let's see. So I know, so probably some Brandy Carlisle. Um, been into her. She's starting to make it a little bit bigger now, but I've yeah. been a fan of hers for a while. I've been listening to some uh, old school Sublime there and uh I also uh, don't know that I can think of a third, but I will pretend I know what it is and give a shout out to my favorite band, Old Crow Medicine Show, and uh, say oh. that that's one of the artists I've been listening to a lot because that's usually a true statement. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. Anything? Are you listening to anything new, Brian? Nothing new. We've listened yeah. to a lot of new music in the office, and lately, yeah. um, I'm I'm down on Taylor Swift. That's my okay. main take. Who's I Good. think from Pittsburgh? Isn't she from Pittsburgh? Yeah. It's now. I think. 
Christina Aguilera, Aguilera is from Pittsburgh, I think. Yeah, okay. They're not, yeah. they the same person. <laughs> yeah, <it's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It is good to hear that a man of your age is over Taylor Swift now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> nice to have. <laughs> uh, the next P is pride. So what is your biggest source of pride? Well, I'd say recently um, – well, this will be a work one, I suppose. But recently, my biggest source of pride would be our offices here. Uh, we just moved into some swank new place we've been building out for the past six months. And uh, yeah, it's uh, just a really cool space and kind of, uh, you know, energizes uh, all our folks here, the, the clients and myself and everything. So uh, just a, an awesome work environment to be in. So that's been like giving birth, although uh, I can't speak firsthand to giving birth. This is what I feel like the equivalence would be from <laughs> from a work standpoint. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's good. Uh, next piece perform. So what is something that people don't know about you? Do you have some kind of hidden talent? Oh, the, the, the list is endless. I uh, no. Um, I, I let's see. I, I'd say a, a new recent one uh, would be uh, playing guitar, um, and it's only a hidden talent because um, I only started doing it two years ago. So most people that have known me uh, wouldn't have uh, guessed that I would have taken that up later on in my my life. But uh, and, and I'm not very good at it, but it is technically a talent because I know how to do it. That's good. Yeah. How did you decide to do that? Like I. It would frighten me just try to pick up a musical instrument. And I don't know. How, how did you pick? Why did you do that? Yeah. And I don't think I have any natural musical uh, ability that I was tapping into either. I literally was just, I mean, I love music, um, uh, like live music and listening to music and all that. Um, but that was something where I just, it was like a great escape. I mean, I still do it now if I can get even 15 minutes in at the end of a day when I get home, um, you know, before dinner or after dinner, whatever it is, just to like use your mind in a creative way. I think it's just been super helpful for me um, just to kind of do a fresh restart, but also just kind of challenge your thinking. So um, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool if I could be at least good enough to just ever play around a campfire somewhere. And uh, I was, you know, it was just a, a good creative outlet and figured I'd give it a try. I just watched Sports Center. <laughs> Better answer than mine, Lindsay. That's good. Uh, last piece for people. This is where you are on Mount Rushmore. And this week, you got to choose it. And you said, what are the four foods that you would eat before execution? Yes. Very my, rosy, colorful topic. My my last meal. So, uh, yes, yeah. so I suppose I'd, uh, I'd go. And this would be in order. Uh First one would be wings. Uh, I'd have to think of which uh, variety, but uh, wings. Uh, I'd go with lobster as a close second. And then some sort of pasta, I think. I don't know, maybe a bolognese or some sort of good, or maybe just a classic red sauce pasta. And then I'd probably round it out with some sushi. So uh, I don't know if I could work all four of those into my last meal. I, I guess I would. But uh, Very good. Yeah. That's good. What do you got, Brian? I went with... Um, Starting off with the filet, I want a steak. And then I'm also going to the pasta. I'm going to do a little spaghetti and meat sauce, maybe some meatballs. And then I want some macaroni and cheese, even more pasta, like some sure. really good macaroni and cheese. And I'm going to finish it off with a brownie, just like a homemade brownie. Yeah. Oh, like Out the of a middle box. piece or a corner? Oh, corner piece. Oh, okay. A little sure. crust. If we were there in our last <laughs> meal together, Brian, they could they could save and uh, make us both our pasta at the same yes, time. Right. <laughs> That's good. It's good saving. <laughs> 
<laughs> I went with starting out with a Saratoga chips and barbecue sauce. Yep. Brian, you know, I order that whenever I see it on a menu. It's yep. my favorite appetizer. Fried green tomatoes with like a romulade. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, a ballpark hot dog. Mustard <laughs> and relish. That's it. Mustard and relish. That's good. Whatever ballpark I can get it from. Probably Fenway Frank because I like the bun. And then uh, shrimp and grits. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. All good choices. I, I would come to uh, eat with you on your last execution. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's good to have visitors. <laughs> That's right. The more we talk, and uh, they, the longer it'll take them before they can actually uh, do the execution. That's right. That's right. I should have asked, like, what type of execution is this? Maybe I switch it up. <laughs> Maybe the shrimp and gears gets a little heavy on a gas, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, anything you want to plug or how can we reach out to you? Uh, you can reach out to us at uh, olsonsaltman.com. Uh, uh, we are also on Twitter at Olson Zaltman and uh, LinkedIn through the same way. And uh, yeah, hop on our newsletter. Anyone's interested, you can hop on through our website and subscribe. It is uh, 0% salesy, 100% educational. So we have a lot of fans of it. So and you can see what we're up to and working on. So, oh, That's great. Well, thanks so much, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. All right. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. Right. Bye-bye. That was Lindsay Zoltman from Olson Zoltman. What a great interview. Yeah, cool guy. Reach out. Go to his website. Yep. If you're doing some qualitative, you know, keep them in mind. And at least on for the newsletter. That sounded cool. Yeah, I love what you talked about with agile research, too. I think that's something we could dig into from their yeah, thing. That, that buzzword of agile research. He stole a great rant from us that we... Yeah, been using for a while. That's pretty good. Uh, that'll do it for episode 21 of season two of the IntelliCast podcast. As always, if you'd like to come on the podcast, if you'd like to give us a Mount Rushmore, if you have a rant or just something you want to talk about with the research industry, you can email us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. As always, you can research on Twitter, EMI underscore research, IntelliCast1, my own personal Twitter, Adam Jolly. You want to give a shout out to your Gab or to your parlor? <laughs> Gab and parlor. I'm on there. I'm dominating the news feed of market research. I don't think there's many market researchers on there. I'm rethinking my decision. No, let's keep it going. Let's okay. go a couple more weeks okay. and then we'll see it out. Okay. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.